Wrestling Inc. Welcome back to another week of the Winkly. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, and I am joined here as I am almost every Tuesday by the one and only Michael Weissman. Michael, welcome back to the Winkly. Almost every Tuesday? It is every Tuesday, right? Is there something I don't know about? You Pink had to slip s- in the mail, FedEx, faxed over? You <laughs> had to switch one week, I remember, and you weren't oh. here. So, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. I did not have to switch. Labar had to switch, and I graciously oh. accommodated him. Oh, that's right. Labar did have uh-huh. to switch. Oh. And I graciously accommodated him. I had no such high-maintenance needs. Oh, well. None. There you go. Non-high-maintenance <laughs> Michael Weissman. You know, he brings his own frankincense, myrrh, and incense, right? Isn't that what they there brought? Is that correct? That joke never gets old, man. Woof. You're, you're on it today. The Weissman. <laughs> the Weissman. Uh, before we get rolling on the show today, I want to send out a hearty congratulations to the one and only Apollo Cruz, who gave uh, birth to his, well, his wife gave birth to their second child, a uh, daughter named Kai. So congratulations to Apollo Cruz. Woo! Highlight, the highlight reel of Raw, Monday Night Raw, Apollo Cruz. Good for you. Also, on this show here today, we got a big interview to start the week. I've been, I've been trying to stay active here on the interview scene, and we've got none other than the whole effing show RVD is going to be here talking to me later. Very relaxed, that RVD fellow is. Very relaxed, very chill. Mellow, almost. Mellow. Yes, that guy knows how to get high. If you've ever seen him off the top rope, (laughs) that RVD fellow. (laughs) That RVD. That's bad. Oh, this is a bad start to a Tuesday. Shut up, Mike. This is a great start to a Tuesday. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. Sorry. Sorry, y'all. This is going to be a... We have RVD today... And then tomorrow on the show, I will have uh, the son of the British Bulldog, Davey Boy Smith Jr., uh, who is uh, one half of the MLW Tag Team Champions. Also, of course, part of Killer Elite Squad, Suzuki Gun over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, Harry and I go back quite a ways at this point, so very fun interview. And then on Thursday, I have another big interview, but I'm doing it this afternoon, so I can't tell you what it is. Because if for whatever reason it falls apart, I'm gonna I will I will look like a big dummy, you know? Mm. Not yeah. even a little tease, not even a give it to me off the air, I guess. Huh? It's it's a pro wrestling related interview. <laughs> there you go. Wow. <laughs> that narrows it down. It's 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 a really good one. I, I mean between starting the week with R V D, then we moving into to Davey, and then whoever this may or may not be here on Thursday, this should be one hell of a, a week for the Winkly. And thank you guys all so much for subscribing to Wrestling Inc. Audio over on iTunes and all of the other audio platforms we are available uh, at right now. Because of that, we are seeing great, better numbers for the Winkly every week. We're joining in. Use the hashtag Winkly. Everybody's having a good time. And if you want to have a good time and you're in the Houston area this Sunday for the Elimination Chamber, well, I have something for you. Mike, do you like fun? Dude, do I? Have <laughs> I ever? <laughs> fun. I love fun, and uh, we have our own Wrestling Inc. Two-Face podcast. Paul and Kelsey are going to be hosting a pre-elimination chamber meetup in Houston, Texas at the St. Arnold's Brewery. Oh, this is awesome. You can go drink beer. You can go hang out with them. The event starts at 2.30. The podcast they're going to do is starting at 3. Games, prizes, the whole deal. I love beer and wrestling. I can't say that enough, Michael. I will tell you this, Nick. If I were in the Houston area... I would not miss it. I think it's free. I'm pretty sure this is like a totally free event to go to. I could be wrong. I think it is. Um, what kind of prizes? What, what are we giving away here? What I know, are the prizes? I know they've got some shirts. I believe some wrestling mm-hmm. shirts. And then, um, who know? I don't know. Who else? I don't know what else could be there. It's Man, beer. I work for Wrestling Inc. and don't even get a Wrestling Inc. shirt. So there you go. Oh, there dude. Right, Raj. Raj will send you a shirt. No, no, you're supposed to make it seem exclusive. This is the problem. You just ruined it. You ruined the whole gimmick, Nick. Way to go. Sorry, man. I mean, they, we have a pro wrestling tease store. People want to go buy there you w- go. wrestling ink shirts. But no, for you, yeah, you just write Raj. Just write Raj. Who said your shirt? But if I didn't have a shirt, you could have one that I don't have. If you go to the Two-Face pre-WWE Elimination Chamber meetup at the St. Arnold's Brewer oh. in Houston, Texas, before man. Elimination Chamber. There it is. All right. Hard <laughs> plugs out of the way. Let's get to the gooey nougatiness that is the news you can news, news that'll leave a bruise. And man, I got left a bruise last night, man, on Monday Night Raw. That show ended, you know, so I, I got a, a wide variety of opinions, and it's not really, I guess it is a news item here. Um, Becky Lynch said she was, first of all, let's do the step at a time. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the authority starts the show by saying, if you want to be in WrestleMania, you're, you're cleared. You're, you're medically cleared, right, Becky? All you got to do 
is apologized to, to Steph for for attacking her last week, right? And like you would think, there's no way she would do that, right? Can we just you, you glaze over the fact that she was cleared, and then at the same time they broke her suspension after seven days, which I thought was quite impressive, just for the record. That's true. That's right. I'm sorry. I I, I didn't mean to gloss over that there. So I guess she was unsuspended, cleared, <laughs> brought back under the pretext that she could go to WrestleMania if she only apologized to the authority. Did I get that about right? That's right. Okay. Seven-day seven, seven infant indefinite suspension for all you wrestling fans out there. Okay. <clears throat> I, uh, I, I was thinking, like, wow, this is old-school Stone Cold Steve Austin stuff. There's no way this woman, as hot as she is right now, would, would apologize to the authority, right? Mm-hmm. 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 And we had all the backstage segments, right, everybody? Oh, but you've got to apologize. And Alexa Bliss saying, no, don't apologize. It was great. I loved it. Alexa Bliss, the heel, giving, <laughs> giving her the advice to hold her ground. Uh, Becky Lynch then comes out to the ring at the end of the show. By the way, that was a smart use of Ronda. I, w- I want to say this, too. Smartly, they kept Ronda at that moment away from the crowd and, and used her in a more like very specific manner. This is how you have to use Ronda if she's going up against Becky right now. Because if you expose her too much, her weaknesses become way too evident, I feel like. Was this a way to try to... Now, here's the thing. So, so yeah, you're right. Ronda pushed her to apologize and was like, if you don't apologize, you're saying you don't want to match with me. Um, and so then Becky comes out and and gives the apology. She says, I'm sorry. <laughs> and they're like, great, you're going to be at WrestleMania. And then Ronda comes out. My my gut reaction was this was a way to try to balance the cheers for Ronda and Becky. Did you also get that impression or no? They were definitely doubling down on trying to make Ronda a fan favorite last night. That's why she had the best interest of the fans in mind when she was backstage, right? Because she is pushing for the match, which should make the fans want her or like her because the fans also want the match. And then when they brought her out, she was neck and neck, side by side with Becky again creating this visual alignment to all the fans that these two are on the same page against the man. Right. So I absolutely believe that's the case. I just, it, it broke my heart. You know, it, it just, that right there, that was the physical, like you, that right there, if you ever pointed to the ceiling, like the ceiling in WWE, that's the moment, right? Where they're yep. like, Becky, you've gotten too popular. Now yep. we need to bring you down. And anytime that they start saying that stuff, it just, it boggles my mind. You've gotten too popular. We need to make you less popular here for a moment to help somebody else get popular, right? This is the this is the pre- pretense of my entire article for this week's column. So yeah, <laughs> okay, it is. Yeah. It's a little yes, yeah, it's, it's a little upsetting, right? And no th- star is bigger than WWE, Nick. Nobody. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, Vince comes out and makes a makes a case for how Becky's gotten like. Too big for her britches, essentially. I don't really know that there was a point here with what he was saying. He was just unhappy with, just doesn't like Becky Lynch. So he suspends her for 60 days like a maniac, which is like five days after WrestleMania. And then just declares Charlotte Flair the new opinion for new opponent for Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. End of show. End of show. <laughs> it was uh, a sprint down the stretch there, dude. It was a, everybody's looking at their watches. I think on one, one clip you saw Triple H move his wrist or Vince or somebody was pointing to their, they knew it was almost 11 o'clock and they had to get through all of these big beats in about five minutes. It was impressive. Yeah. But yeah. It was something, man. It was certainly something. This will either, I mean, there, I, look, I, I said last night on Twitter, I was like, this will either be brilliant or it will come across as something that was hastily written out on the back of a cocktail napkin. And I, my gut says the, the cocktail napkin on this one. This just, it feels like you're trying to appease too many ma- masters and you're overcomplicating what should be a very straightforward uh, push for Becky Lynch here. And yeah, if I don't know what's going on with Ronda, I know they've got a major investment in her and everything, but you know, go with the crowd here on this one. I think it's a, a push uphill to try to get her and Becky on the same page here. Um, I, I, I would, I don't know when you were, I don't know. I don't know. I, I did. It's, I just thought it was a misstep. I didn't like it. There, there. I actually, I kind of dug the way they ended the show, right? So let's let's take a half a step back here. Okay. The thing I don't like is everything else surrounding it. I don't like the fact that Triple H and Stephanie are good guys, but also they're picking on the fan favorite, and then 
when she gives them what they want, they don't retaliate. They're just like, okay, we're good now. Like really they were that petty that they had to make her come out there and publicly humiliate her and then they're good with it. So there was some kind of inconsistent internal logic between all of these characters at times that I just didn't entirely get. And I, I can't tell where they're trying to place these characters, right? So are they good guys? Are they bad guys? I know there are no such thing in WWE these days. I, I didn't dig all of that. I kind of like the fact that Becky was like, listen, I'm going to apologize so I can keep my moment so you guys can't keep me down from it. I dug that whole piece of it. Uh, it was strange, though, that Vince McMahon had all of this predetermined that he was going to suspend her, and then he comes out at the last second to do it without telling Triple H and Stephanie. So, so here's what I'll say. A lot of fans are dissing on this strictly because they assume, and I can see why, they assume this leads to Charlotte being introduced to the match at WrestleMania and it being a triple threat match. And nobody really wants that is the feeling I'm getting. Like WWE might want it, right? But the fans, the pundits, everybody else, nobody wants a triple threat. They want a one-on-one -on -one Becky and Ronda. So I get why there is some upsetness. However, keep in mind, it is February 12th. WrestleMania is not until, what, April 7th? And so we have a ways to go before the big dance happens. And you got a lot of time to fill. So we don't know exactly how this is going to play out. What I will say is it was a it was a hot segment in the night, a hot angle, newsworthy, right? I, it carried it carried Becky through the entire show and gave her something to do. So I am I want to see what happens next, and, and, and not in a bad way, in a curious way, in a I'm I'm kind of curious. What do they What do you go with this? I, you go to so I like that from that perspective. Uh, I don't want to criticize it too much yet. Okay, here here's the thing. Is to me, and I, I don't want to sit here and just like sit on my my armchair and, and book this thing. But look, to me, Becky didn't need to apologize, right? She could have refused the apology, you know, and they'd have dropped her from the match because she was this like anti-authority person, which she should be. And then you introduce Charlotte Flair, and then Becky just pops up here over the next six weeks on tops of garbage trucks and Zambonis and disguises herself as security <laughs> people and raises hell until she gets her way back into that bout. And that's a more compelling way to, for me to get to this triple threat in a way that I like without having to try, again, without having to try to bring Becky down to Ronda's level and, like, completely throw out the, the concept of a what a Royal Rumble win means. I mean, you got to do, do gymnastics. Like, last night was, was gymnastics. I cool. just think there was an easier, more compelling way to get to where you want to be without having to do what they did last night, which just seemed a little reckless to me. I, absolutely. I, I agree with the reckless nature, and I think you're right. Becky didn't have to apologize. Again, I think the internal inconsistencies, too, with Stephanie and Triple H's character and what they're demanding of Becky, all of that muddies the waters, and I like the way you described it. It, it all felt like gymnastics. <laughs> but the news about Becky getting pulled from the match by Vince McMahon that's a newsworthy thing to happen. Sure. And it does generate interest. And you're going to have fans tuning in next week to see how do they deal with this and the follow of this. And again, we're looking at February. we got until April to go to keep this thing hot. It is red hot right now. And so I don't want to lose that momentum in the next month and a half with so much time in between. So I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued. I see the faults, but I'm not as down on it as some fans are. You know, yes and no. I don't really see this getting picked up by like ESPN and, and all those other sports outlets. It didn't grab me like that. It grabbed me, a, and you know, it grabbed me a little bit. Like if I'm the fans, man, this is where you start to feel fatigue. You know, this is what this is what happens every year now, right? Like you're just settled in. You're like, this is going to be a fun ride. I'm going to enjoy the show, and then they just start pulling you all over the place. And like year by year, you know, look at house show numbers are down. Viewer, I mean, they're 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 having to offset losses by taking like Saudi Arabian money to st still look profitable. You know, like there's things happening here right now that are just like, OK, I, I guess. But like to me personally, I just don't think you're playing enough to your fans to give them what they really want. I, I, I just think they're I don't know. This was, again, a little gymnastic heat to me at night to get where they were. And the bigger problem, I think, that we kind of lost in the segment, which was you said it earlier. They very clearly identified what Becky's ceiling was, and it seems like they are reticent to want to let her evolve beyond that. And that's the bigger problem this company has right now. They are all playing with a glass ceiling that nobody's able to break through here in 2019. What a great transition to our next topic, Dean Ambrose. Wrestling Observer reporting that Dean Ambrose apparently last night on Raw went off script with Seth Rollins. Now, apparently he was supposed to say more 
than just slay the beast. He was supposed to talk about Roman and the shield and all this type of stuff. Didn't say any of it. Cut right to the last line. Um, now, recently, he was on Ryder and Hawkins' podcast. He was saying how he sees uh, some people in WWE as just there for the money, not the love of the game. And uh, recently, this past week, Dean Ambrose versus Nia Jax was advertised for a house show, but that's been pulled. Don't know what that was about. But yeah, Dean, going off script last night, Michael. Well, I mean, uh, apparently. This is I the mean- problem with scripts. This is the problem with what Dean did last night was incredibly effective, I felt like. It was in character for Dean, it didn't weaken him at all. It didn't make it seem like their beef over the last three months was forgotten yet, but kind of that they'd come to a mutual agreement that, yeah, something's got to be done about our bigger issue here. I like that if he had gone off on this tangent about, oh, you were so great as the shield and whatever, it would have felt way too hammy. It would have felt way too like, oh, we're, you know, look at, look at how happy go lucky. It would have felt like 80s pro wrestling. And so this is where you've got to let these guys be themselves. I know part of it is this is the whole meta narrative here about Dean Ambrose leaving the company and that plays into it. He went off script, quote unquote, but give these guys bullet points and a guy like Dean, he can get you there still in character. He doesn't need to give a soliloquy about (laughs) history and everything else. Right. How do you, how do you trust this guy on your television again? Like if these stories are all true, right. About him just kind of doing whatever he wants right now. How do you trust this guy on camera? Like, I understand you got five months here. You want to try to get a little bit, out of Dean Ambrose here still, but if this guy's legit just off the chain, like once he gets out there, does kind of his own thing. I mean, how do you trust this guy? Because every time you have him out, number one, he's not done anything yet that was bad, I would say. He's not followed the script exactly, but nothing bad has happened. Number two, every time Dean comes out now, I'm compelled to watch because I'm like, maybe we'll see something here. It's kind of like the whole pipe bomb thing, right? CM Punk was incredibly compelling because you didn't know what was going to happen next. That's great TV. Yeah, no, and and it's like not, it's non-intentional, you know? Mm -hmm. It's non-intentional. I... I'm with you. I think it's compelling to watch. I just don't know what to make of it. Right? Like, I have no idea. It feels almost (laughs) passive-aggressive in a way for Dean, doesn't it? I just don't know what to make of it, you know? Other than, like, I don't know how these guys trust him on TV. Um, And, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. But Dean is off the chain right now. Uh, The Revival was rewarded for uh, reportedly asking for the releases by being given the WWE Raw Tag Team titles last night after defeating Rude and Gable. Um, happy for them, but man, this, you know, this, this crowd was not into this bout until the very last couple minutes I felt. Um, and that was true. Largely the whole show. I thought the crowd was pretty quiet last night. They did pop big. Uh, they, they pop, they pop for the, the revival tag title win, but they seemed, you know, largely not invested in this bout. I was surprised with. Yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good match, right? This is a, it was a high, you know, had a multiple segment match here, a lot of energy, um, if you're if you're any other tag team in WWE or anybody that wants a title or championship, you know, reign, why would you not ask for your release at this point if this is the rewards you get? But bigger picture here, last night's show top to bottom had a lot of multi-man matches, and I think that just creates some level of indifference by the audience. And I think True. here was the multi-man match that really mattered, and it just felt like more of the same, not because of the talent or anything they did, but because, again, Tag matches, multi-min matches, it just all starts to weigh on you at a certain point. Nothing feels unique or special. Bigger thing here for me, too, Root and Gable, not a genuine tag team like The Revival. I would love to have seen this be a shorter match. The Revival comes out, squashes Root and Gable, cements themselves as the tag team. The the parody here, 50-50 booking, does The Revival no favors. These championships don't mean much. But again, kudos to The Revival for actually ascending to the top of the mountain. I love their promo afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I hope that they do elevate the tag division. You know, I, I hope they get people used to longer tag team matches because I think I think it was a little jarring for people that they didn't sure. really they didn't know what to to make of it. You know, and, and you know, just looking at these stories here right now, we're talking about Becky Lynch's ceiling. Dean Ambrose cares so little about what is going on; he is doing his own thing. The revival being rewarded allegedly for asking them for for their releases that does not make a happy ship right there, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> a lot of backwards things going on creatively here in the company these days. Uh, Well, the last bit of news coming out of Raw last night. Kevin Owens did a little backstage update, said he'll be back in a little more than a month to TV, uh, dispelling a couple reports that said he uh, he may not be back in time for WrestleMania. So it does look like the KO show uh, would would put him back around Fastlane, I believe. Uh, Maybe a little after Fastlane there. So just enough time to to put together, you know, some little program for, for WrestleMania, I would imagine. 
strange video, right? I, I, I get it. It's good to see Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens is a very, he's very much himself in most of the things that he does, which I love about him. But the entirety of this from the flickering video footage, because it made it look like it was more authentic, I guess, to him bowling a gutter ball, the, the non-specificity here, like is he coming back to Raw or SmackDown? Nobody knows. And a little bit more than a month or so, very does, non-specific. It just felt like a non-event here for such a big guy and a big return. Does it feel a little bit like some of the inmates are running the asylum right now? Where they're like, oh, you want a video? Sure, here, you take this. They're like, we'd like you to do something a little nicer. And he's like, well, how about I leave? My contracts, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. They're giving money out over there. Why don't I go join them instead of doing your thing? Kevin, you just signed for three years. I think you signed for five, actually. I don't think you can do this. I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, what happens? What if, what do they, they release him? What happens if they fire him? What if he doesn't do what they want? Exactly. And he just goes somewhere else in 90 days. Screw these dude, guys. That's exa- that, you, dude, exactly. It's like, how do you punish these guys right now? If they don't want to work, they don't want to do anything. Like, what do you do? What do you do? What the problem do? is, I don't want to get on a soapbox here because I know we got a lot more news to get to. But the right. problem is, you've got to get these guys invested in other ways, right? Money is not the defining factor anymore, and it's becoming very obvious. Give Kevin Owens something he can sink his teeth into creatively that he's got input on, and you would see a different Kevin Owens coming back. You would have seen a different Dean Ambrose, and that's the miss here in the company right now. Um, well, talking about weighing your options, Pro Wrestling Sheet reported uh, over the weekend that Batista is weighing his options to return either for WWE, probably for a WrestleMania match, or AEW. And uh, that is very interesting if Batista were to somehow be in talks to, to join AEW. That'd be a gigantic get. It's strange to me because you would think if Batista would, would, would want to go anywhere, it would be WWE, where he kind of made his brand, made his name, has mm-hmm. the built-in feud with Triple H and others. And he's a movie star, right? WWE screams Hollywood much more than AEW. But if he's going back potentially to AEW, I can see why they'd want him. Huge name to get. Hollywood star to get. But for Batista, that really does show a love and a passion for the sport for him to be considering. I mean, there's obviously a big money deal involved if that happens, right? But it shows a love and a passion for pro wrestling to go and support this potentially new upstart company. I think that's cool. Yeah, and you got Jericho over there now who can credibly look these guys in the face and say, look, I'm I'm here, right? I, I'm yeah. doing good business. I'm happy over here right now. Um, you know, and this is, you know... <laughs> Uh, AEW has in a way become kind of a bastion for like, uh, the discarded toys that want to, you know, just like bullet club was and, you know, the elite and all that. I think, Batista, you know, there were a lot of reports that Batista was not happy with how his last run in WWE went, you know, and even at, uh, when they came back into that evolution SmackDown thing, I mean, Batista looked really relaxed and he was kind of doing his own thing out there. But, uh, I mean, he did not seem like the Batista of, of evolution days. He seemed like a completely different person to me. And well, uh, I, I wonder where he goes with that. You got a, He's got a little bit more clout these days, too, right? It's a lot different being back in the day and being told what to do. And now you've been in the biggest movie of all time, right, potentially. And, and you're going to come back here and you're going to read a script that some writer in the back wrote for you. And you can't even go out there and give your own voice sometimes. That's tough for a guy that's got some clout and prestige at this point. Yeah, because, you know, AEW, and we're going to get to AEW talk here in literally just a minute. Um, but AEW has a roster of a lot of really young talent right now that they've put together. And they need a couple of veterans, legends on the roster here to kind of, I feel, help get some of that talent to the next level. Obviously, Batista would be a great name for that. Goldberg is another name that's been floated out there. Obviously, you already got Jericho there as well. So, I, I mean, if he's available, money talks at the moment. And the cons sure do got a lot of it. So I'm I'm sure he's getting I'm sure he's getting great deals made in either direction at the moment. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other name, of course, uh, that, uh, you know, we'll see where they are after WrestleMania and beyond is Brock Lesnar here. He is currently only scheduled for the March 18th WWE Raw here in Chicago. So I'll be there. I'll get to see Brock and whatever's going down at that Chicago show. But that's the only show he's doing before WrestleMania, Michael. Strange that he only has one. I mean, he has, his schedule so limited, right? A big miss on WWE's part. Pay a little bit more money. Keep this feud. I get it. We're protecting these guys, keeping them apart. But we need a little bit more. We've got to see the Beast a little bit more frequently to sell this match. But Chicago's the right town, though. It's a hot wrestling city, and you're going to generate some attention that night anyway. Brock Lesnar's like, I've been telling him how I make my deals for years. This is all not <laughs> new to me. <laughs> right. He's like, somebody finally. AEW gets it. The people, Jericho gets it, right? He's like, Batista, uh, you want to know what to do? Ask Heyman. He'll tell you what to do. He's smart about this stuff. Um, all right. Let's talk AEW here a little bit. We'll get back to some more WWE news. Um, Kenny Omega officially signed with AEW. He is also listed as an executive vice president. 
uh, of the company. Uh, he said he has signed a four-year deal, and he is. Uh, this was on uh, Observer Radio. He signed a four-year deal that will allow him a lot of crossover, a crossover opportunity for esports, ESPN, acting gigs. He did not say wrestling, but you know other things that he'll be allowed to do now uh, with this new position. I, I mean, again, a huge get here. Kenny Omega, good for him. It doesn't seem like, in my opinion, it was ever, you know, a, an issue if he wasn't going to be there. I thought he was always going to be there. Absolutely. Uh, perfect fit. Uh, the executive vice president thing going on in AEW is a little bit strange to me. Uh, you're a VP and you're a VP and everybody gets a VP, right? But they'll work all that stuff out internally. As long as Cody's right, it protects the, the central core wrestling in this sport. As long as they're good about that, I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you know those 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 titles sometimes they come with you know different percentages of different areas of the company and stuff depending on what you're looking over. Um, but also, I just think it's cool that there's a couple guys with like some you know business credentials on the resumes walking out of AEW now. We got we got vice executive vice presidents coming out of AEW right now, <laughs> um, and. But what is it? He's going to go be at EVP now in WWE. Like, what does that executive vice president title actually mean beyond AEW? Well, it, it, here's the other thing I think is like I don't know where Cody's head's at right now because like he's not advertised for a match. He did the the little scrum after um, the presser in Vegas where it was noted he's not booked for a match yet. He's like maybe maybe I won't be on the card. Maybe I will be in the back on headsets. And they're like, oh well, we've they were all joking. Well, you've got to be on the card. And I think recently you said in an interview we thought is like Wrestle Kingdom match with Juice was like a stinker of about. So uh, I don't I don't know where I, 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 to me Cody seems like he's focused more on the back end than the front end at the moment. Well, sure, but keep it in context too, right? He's going through this knee surgery. He's he's been injured for a while. He's trying to get his business acumen around him yeah. as he's upstarting AEW. So I get that. I I am no we're not done with Cody Rhodes, and Cody Rhodes still needs one really good world championship run to cement his kind of in-ring leg. I mean, he's got a lot of time left in his career, right? But I think AEW is where he's going to get that really big world title run that really does put that capstone on him that he needs. Uh, well, a bunch of names were announced as new talent for the roster um, at the AEW Vegas presser. Lucha Brothers, Best Friends, Kylie Ray, Sonny Kiss, Sammy Guevara, Aja Kong, Yuka Sakazaki, and Nyla Rose. Uh, it should be noted, by the way, that Phoenix... Got hurt this past weekend at an AEW show here in my backyard of Chicago. Uh, it should be noted that after some rest, he'll be 100% again. That's what AEW said. So it doesn't look like he'll be missing any time. Though it was kind of a scary scene there at AEW from what I was told because their regular uh, EMT for the night was not there. So they literally had fans that were EMTs jumping in to make sure Phoenix was okay, which thank goodness he is. But uh, scary stuff there. Uh, just wanted to, to, to put that out there where we were talking about this talent. Anyway, a lot of great talent here of the new roster, of the new names. Who grabs you the most? Um, you know, that's a, that's a that's a pretty pretty good little mix of it. I, I like Lucha Bros here though. I think that there's a good mix in here, but um the Lucha yeah, Lucha Bros. Yeah, Lucha Bros. You know, and yeah, that I don't seem know. like the biggest one coming off this list there, right? I don't know. Best friends, Chuck Taylor, Tripretta. Eh, that's a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're right. Yeah, Best Friends was a big one too. Uh I'm I'm a big Kylie Ray fan. She's the freelance champion here in Chicago. I uh, I know many of you are not familiar with Sonny Kiss, but Sonny was like uh the centerpiece for Capital Wrestling out on the East Coast. You should go check them out. Rap expansion for those guys, they're doing great stuff. But Sonny Kiss is like a drag queen wrestler and is incredible. Elaborate entrances really is going to grab people and be very, very different. So keep your eye on Sonny Kiss. And then Sammy Guevara, um, he holds the title down in uh, AAA right now. I think he's like the light middleweight champion or something like that. Uh, but I've done a bunch of shows here um, in Chicago with Sammy as well. He'll be at the Warrior Wrestling Show here March 15th incredible talent uh another one of those guys they got him just at the right time before wwe could get to him uh great talent i'm less familiar with the females uh aja yuka and, and nyla um but from what brandy Rhodes said on the uh, scrum red carpet afterwards uh kenny omega was largely responsible for the japanese women coming into the promotion so i i will be learning more That's about cool. them alongside with of uh, you all as well yeah, yeah, Lucha Bros. I think is the one that to me stands out because Pentagon Junior. and Phoenix have that name recognition. I know Best Friends do as well, but <clears throat> Lucha Bros. is kind of the outside of AEW. Who's going to be attracted to this? Who's a WWE fan? 
also at the presser, they announced a partnership with AAA, um, which um, I, I was a little surprised by that. Um, I didn't know they'd be partnering uh, with any promotion down in Mexico, but there you go. They'll be partnering up with AAA. Um, it was also uh, noted, uh, let's see here, Double or Nothing has officially sold out again. It sold out in about half an hour. Nice little file. Wow. Right? Wow. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Something like that. So Double or Nothing, more money coming in. All the tickets are gone. Um, and AEW has also joined the cruise of Jericho. They'll be back for second wave. So there's all your AEW news, man. And, you know, it's all great. It's all great stuff. But every time I say all this great stuff to, to anybody that's kind of in the business right now, the one thing, you know what the one thing they say they're missing is? What's that? TV, man. Yep. It's coming, though, right? We're, it's, I hope. Rumors. I hope. It's coming. I hope. There's a lot of great pieces here. You got. It's time to package them up. I want to see what the product's going to look like. Uh, we'll get back to some more WWE news here. Tonight is SmackDown. Uh, by the way, Michael, did you know that you and I are going to do the SmackDown review tonight? Well, I knew I would be doing it, but I had no idea you would yeah. be graciously joining me. Everybody, there was a wacky <laughs> bunch of schedule changes, and Raj just called me up and was like, hey, can you do it with Michael tonight? And I was like, I would love to do the SmackDown review with Michael Weissman tonight. So I'll be back with you in a couple hours. It's appropriate, right? The 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 B show gets the B team. We're there, man. Woo! Uh, well, <laughs> we we could be in we could be in for a fun night on SmackDown here because PW Insider is reporting that Luke Harper is currently scheduled for SmackDown tonight. Now, there's no word if he'll be paired with Rowan and Brian, but he would seem to fit in there, wouldn't he? Yeah, I, 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 that's the I don't want him there. He needs to do his own thing. Yeah, he he could do it. I don't like it. Yeah, and then that's if, my pushback. And the thing is, if Harper joins Rowan and Brian, I feel like there's going to be too many. Uh, comparisons drawn to the Wyatt family and, and exactly. we, weird conspiracy storylines being tied in. So um, we shall see. He is scheduled to be there, apparently. Um, we saw that commercial last week for the Superstar Shakeup in Montreal. WWE confirmed over this past week that that is going down April 15th and 16th in Montreal. Um, the Superstar Shakeup, they put a video out online. A uh, couple new matches and updates going into Elimination Chamber this Sunday. Uh, PW Insider reporting that Mustafa, oh, I hate this, Mustafa Ali may be removed from the chamber match due to concussion. Now, there's a plan in place, if that's the case, to blame Randy Orton for it. They could do an angle with that. Uh, but Ali will be at SmackDown tonight. He's going to get checked out. He's told WWE that he's going to be able to work. And um, look, they're going to have to convince Ali, or they're going to have to show him the, the, the test that says you can't compete. Um, I find it very hard to believe that he would walk away from this opportunity uh, very easily. This is a big shot for him. So I hope this I hope this report is not true. But at a certain point, you don't get that choice, though, right? Even if you are as, as passionate as you can be about it, a concussion is a concussion. Um, injury is an injury, and you, you can't put your body through that if it's not the right thing for it. Yeah, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. Of course, tomorrow on the Winkley, we'll, we'll know what is going on uh, with Ali when I'm back with Labar. So, so listen for that. Um, Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. For the WWE Raw Women's Title was also announced here in the past five days. Um, bit of a warm up, <laughs> a bit of a warm up, I would think for Ronda, right? This is a waste of time, right? Yeah, everybody. Well, man, I can't wait till Ruby Riot wins the title and goes on to face Becky Lynch in your main event in WrestleMania. I, I got to give the announcers credit on Monday night, though, man. They were trying as hard as they could to, to put Ro Ruby Riot over and shine her up for this match here on Sunday. They, they, they did a pretty good job. So. You know what to put Ruby Riot over if she had interfered in that crazy last segment and, and attacked Ronda. That would have given her a little bit of a little bit of spark, right? Well, I guess after the show went off the air, like Ronda and Becky teamed up to fight the Riot Squad. <laughs> Typical WWE <laughs> glossing over the details. There you go. She's under sixty day suspension, guys. Shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> <laughs> be doing One this. more match, though. You're already booked for it tonight. Should be doing this. I don't think it was a match. It could just whatever. Uh, Finn Balor is going to take on Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, and if he pins either of them, he wins the Intercontinental Title. That's kind of cool. I like that. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, poor. I, I'm glad to see Leo Rush getting a little entering action here. This is cool. Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. I think this match will exceed expectations. Well, they're pretty low, so it wouldn't be hard to do, right? Look, man, Baron Corbin is like Vicky Guerrero if Vicky could work. I mean, and not that Vicky couldn't work because she did have some matches, but Baron's not a bad performer there, and he gets the same heat. People hate that. The people like to hate Baron Corbin. He's just been mis I mean, uh, miscast. I don't like the way they've used him. If you're Baron Corbin, you take this and run because you're getting spotlighted all the time on WWE TV, but you could have done 
very different things with him and had a much different result with him being nobody takes him seriously as a contender right but if you had booked him the way he was booked in nxt or, or given him that look and whatever anyway yeah i just this this match does nothing to excite me and i really don't think it's going to be that good but maybe you're right I, I agree and hopefully baron corbin can blend what he's done before with what he's doing now because i think there's i think there's a little bit to like from both baron corbins honestly i think that they gave him a chance to do something completely different he went out there he got a bunch of heat I think that you can pull back in some of that legit badassery from NXT because that's what they would play up so much. It's like this guy's a thoroughbred, you know, and all that. Right. They kind of pushed off right. that, from that a little bit. Um, WWE is also advertising a couple matches locally for the Fastlane pay-per-view, which will be next month, uh, the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania. Look, and again, you know, you can take what you will from this locally. Uh, the WWE Championship match would see Daniel Bryan taking on AJ Styles and Samoa Joe triple threat. We could also see Becky Lynch versus Charlotte. Uh-uh, we can't. Becky's uh, suspended. <laughs> no, we can't. Somebody tell locally that they uh, can't. <laughs> They're wrong. Yeah, wrong. And also Finn Balor versus WWE IC champion Bobby Lashley. But, you know, maybe that'll change, too, because Finn could be IC champion. So, whatever. Here's what I am excited about, right? SmackDown tonight, you know, they've taken a lot of the big matches and big names and big focus, put them on Raw, right? We had Charlotte on there last night. Becky Lynch is a SmackDown star. She's on Raw now. They, they really see that as their money feud, and they want to do that on Monday nights. But I think that gives Tuesday night SmackDown an interesting opportunity. And you're telling me that at Fastlane, we could potentially see Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, and Daniel Bryan in a triple threat match this is the kind of dream match that fans salivated over for years that we thought we would never get and it's for the wwe championship so i i love this i hope they continue this build towards mania i'm over aj styles and daniel bryan by themselves but the three of these guys together it reminds me of you know tna back in 2009 when you had these hungry wrestlers just going at it unleashed i agree i agree i i, I agree um Speaking of uh, wrestlers unleashed, a fan tweeted Ty Dillinger uh, recently and asked him if he would like to go back to NXT, in which he replied, I tried. I tried to do that. <laughs> uh, he did return to action uh, this past Saturday following a hand injury at a WWE SmackDown Live event. Uh, he now has a short hair mohawk. And uh, yeah, what a living purgatory Ty Dillinger appears to be living in at the moment, right? LOL, LOL. This is, you know, again, you get brought up because you have a gimmick and your gimmick is a 10 count. So you get brought up in the Rumble as number 10. That was the extent of their plans for him. So yeah, I can get it. Here's my suggestions. Ask for your release. Um, <laughs> don't, WWE champion, done. Don't, don't, don't do all the lines they give you. In fact, make up many of your own lines, you know? <laughs> Uh, PW Insider is reporting WWE Studios is to team up with Netflix to produce some feature films. The first film they're going to do is called The Main Event. It is about a 10-year-old boy who is bullied but has dreams of becoming a WWE superstar. The movie is said to maybe feature a cameo from John Cena with a, along with roles for The Miz and Bray Wyatt. That's what Bray Wyatt's doing. Um, I, I was a little surprised to see WWE and Netflix teaming up like this, considering that, you know, they have their own network and everything. Well, Netflix has a bajillion dollars, I guess, and they're trying to get whatever they can to make more mediocre BS movie stuff that they make these days. Um, but, but again, I, I'm really over WWE kind of making all of these dream factory movies where look how magical of a land WWE can be. If you're a kid and whatever it's, it feels like revisionist history. Pro wrestling is an ugly industry. Y'all it is not this great, beautiful place where you go and you plant seeds and beautiful rainbows and butterflies sprout from your dreams. That's not what happens That's here. That's a negative. That's a <laughs> negative, Michael. It's negative. I would have agreed with you 10, 15 years ago, but there's people now I know that to get into the business, they love it. They have a great time. It's a very different kind of locker room experience. I, I, Absolutely. I don't take that away from it. I guess what I take away from it is there's still it's different than it was 20 years ago where it was ugly for really bad reasons. Right. Drugs okay. and steroids and alcohol, all that kind of stuff. What's ugly about it now are just the internal politicking of the whole things. Right. We know this happens. There's internal politics. It's not. These movies make it seem like if you just work really hard, you'll get to the top of the mountain. There are plenty of talents who have been overlooked for a variety of reasons. It's it's um, it's still a lot of luck that gets involved with stuff like this. Um, all right. Last news item here before we get to the interview here. And uh, Michael and I will be back briefly to wrap up the show. But Impact Wrestling has a big show April 4th, Rawway, New Jersey. Um, tickets had not been moving very quickly, but they seem to be moving pretty quick now because they have announced former Impact World champion RVD is going to be teaming up with Sabu to take on the Lucha Brothers. That is a hell of a tag bout for WrestleMania weekend. It's big names, big names. And, um, you know, Impact Wrestling really holding on to what they have here. Uh, 
RVD, I guess it makes sense here. Impact Wrestling leaning into his history with the company, however brief it was. So, yeah, good for them getting a little notoriety here for WrestleMania weekend. Absolutely. And, hey, you know what? With that, I have an interview with RVD. And it's funny because I interviewed him Friday afternoon before he was announced for this match. So I did not know this match was taking place. So it doesn't come up in this interview. Uh, but we do talk a lot about the other stuff you've heard earlier in the show here. Of course, what's going on with AEW. Uh, we talk a lot about concussions here. So sit back, relax, and then Michael and I will be back uh, right after this. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a former WWE World Champion. It is RVD. RVD, Rob, thank you very much for joining me here on the Winkly. Right on, dude. Glad to be here. You sound good, man. You feeling you feeling loose? Are you relaxed right now? Dude, I'm always uh I'm always I'm RVD. I mean what else I mean, what else can you say? It's cool to be R V D. I am very happy, uh very grateful for the love the universe gives me. And uh and plus I got life all figured out, so that's good too. That is, you know, man. Uh, I was acting. I was asking that kind of rhetorically. I watched your trailer for your new movie. Let's get right into it here. You got a documentary about you coming out February nineteenth. It's called Headstrong. I really enjoyed the the trailer I watched online. It looks to be very well done. But in the press release, it describes this documentary as controversial. Why do you think that this documentary is controversial? You know what? I didn't write the press release myself, but when I read that. I called um, Joe Clark, who's the uh, the director of it, who wrote that, and I said, dude, why do you think this movie is controversial? Because first I was like, wait, maybe it's the controversial Rob Van Dam documentary. That makes sense. And he said, you know what? Uh, it had to do with concussions. Even talking about concussions is controversial nowadays. I said, you're absolutely right. Um, people that have heard me do outside of scripted wrestling promos, uh, whether it's interviews on shows like this or if they've met me, they, they find that um, I'm very uh, genuine and open and honest. Uh, Nick, I'm the most honest guy I know, to tell you the truth. And uh, and I, I don't like to lie about anything. Although I will if it's going to save my butt. Okay. You know, sure. I, will, I will say, no, no, officer, I haven't had anything to drink tonight. I'm not stupid. You know. Jesus. But, um, okay. yeah, yeah. And I, I lie to my GPS, too. And I tell my GPS I'm the passenger, even though sometimes I'm the driver trying to punch in directions. But that's between me and you. Um, and anyway, this documentary is a good representation of just that. Uh, I'm really excited about it. I think people are going to love it. And um, I always talk about things that I think are appropriate, even if other people don't. And uh, on this, uh, in this movie, you'll see um, that uh, we talk about concussions and we talk about um, things that I went through. I went through a trifecta in uh, the end of 2015, beginning of 2016, like right, right within a few weeks, I went, uh, got got divorced, which at the time I fought against. You know, I didn't want it, um, but I'm glad now that it happened because now I'm way happier than I was uh, being loyal to complacency. But I didn't know until I got out. But but I was I considered that failure, so I was very down. Uh, divorced. Then my dog died. The only thing I had was my dog, and the dog died. And then my dad died, and it, you know, and just like most people. I had a hard time dealing with that. And, uh, you know, and I'm honest about that and I'm open about it when I'm on stage, I'm doing a stand up comedy I talk about it. Uh, if, if it's, you know, relevant and funny, I usually tell them at the beginning, uh, or at least I did during this time period, which part of it is caught on the documentary, but I would uh, tell the people right off the bat, listen, guys, I got to warn you. I started drinking early before tonight's show. Uh, I started drinking in February of last year, but, there you go. But not now. Now I'm happy and stuff. It was a destructive uh, time period, but it was something I thought I deserved. Wow. I gave myself that. I gave myself that. I said, hey, you're RVD. You never have a scandal. So what if uh, someone reports that, you, that you're drinking? But that's, you know, how I chose to deal with it. So, yeah, this documentary does follow that as part of the storyline because uh, you get to see, like, uh, me uh, coming out of it, the tail end of it. But now, um, after having all that put behind me and I got the most amazing girlfriend, Katie Forbes, and we're both like super happy. You can't get us down and life does try every once in a while. And that's a lot of what this uh, movie is about. Keeping your Zenful vibration, 
and uh, moving around the obstacles life with her action, Nick. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, you were in this darker place, as you say, tail end of it. Um, did this, doing this documentary help you cope with that at all, being able to talk out loud into a camera about what you were dealing with? No, um, I, I can't say that any more than just being transparent with that in every conversation. Um, you know, when uh, I'm always, you know, whatever's on my mind when I'm talking, it always helps, you know, but the, but the actual uh, filming of the documentary was uh, something that intended to be one thing and then turned out to be something completely different. And when you watch it, that's exactly how we put it together because that's how, how life gave it to me. I thought we were just going to bring the camera uh, and film the road trip of doing like a seven-day comedy tour. Like, hey, that sounds cool. Uh, but I showed up. Um, and I still had symptoms from a, of a concussion that I got a few nights before it. And then I kept thinking every day, like, well, I'm sure it'll be gone tomorrow. So I'm not even going to talk about it on the documentary, but every day, um, it didn't go away for the tour. So it ended up being something uh, much bigger that we follow, um, in, in the movie. And it kind of changes what it was, um, initially about, but I think it'll reach a lot of people. And, um, you know, that's the kind of subject that, it's a it's a no no to talk about in the industry now, you know, at least uh, at least from the higher ups. But um, that's not what RVD is about. What do you uh, why do you think that is? Why do you think that the concussions are such a, a taboo subject to talk about in pro wrestling? Well, I mean, I, I mean, the way it was introduced to us, us as talent, you know, because we really didn't know that much about it, um, was through the whole. Uh, um, the, unfortunately, the Chris Benoit incident, you know yeah. what I mean? It was like um, around that time, um, Chris Nowinski, um, who studies brains up in, in Boston, yeah. um, you know, he got a hold of, uh, of um, Chris, uh, um, that was his name, Chris Benoit's brain from his dad, and, and he studied it, and he said, you know, this, what he found was that um, it, it was the brain of like a, a very old man with um, uh, dementia because of the the wear and tear, the damage on on the brain, the the, the tau protein deposits, and and it was something that they'd been studying with football players, you know, for years, and they they already knew that it was like 99% of the brains they tested. Um, over 99% of the brains they tested in, in NFL um, from with, with people that had the you know high impact uh, concussions in their career uh, showed you know what what they were looking at, which became called um, um, you know uh, chronic traumatic encephalopathy (CTE). Um, so it became like a it became controversial right away because then WWE denied it and said it didn't have anything to do with that. Um, one really good point that Vince brought up was, you know, if this, if this guy was as bad off as they say, how could he fly? You know, how could he like, how could he rent a car? How could he even handle the normal daily functions of, uh, you know, of a, of a traveler? Um, you know, not, not those, nonetheless, a professional, you know, in, in, in their career like that. So that was a good point, you know, and obviously a lot more studying needed to be done. And they're still studying it. It's still like a relatively a new thing. So that's why it's controversial is because a lot of it, um, when it's mentioned, there's like, um, you know, who, who to blame? That's like attached to it. You know, there's this uh, class action lawsuit um, that a guy has a lot of the wrestlers attached to that is claiming that they sued the NFL and won big money. And with the same uh, structured suit, they're going after WWE saying that, that the higher ups knew um, that they were causing the long-term brain damage by ignoring the concussions or forcing wrestlers to go out there and wrestle when they had concussions already. I can say, and I do say in the movie, I've never been a part of that. You know, I never told anybody that I had a concussion because that's the way that I was brought up. If you're, if you can still wrestle, then you're not hurt. So don't tell anybody you're hurt because then you're not going to work. And that's, old school mentality, but I mean, I definitely don't have anybody to blame by myself. And also, you know, I'm not a candidate anyway, because I don't have CTE. Uh, and so, you know, for a lot of reasons, I don't mind talking about it, uh, but it is controversial. It's something that people are kind of afraid to talk about because they want to, they want to lay blame with the topic and things. Yeah. And how are you, how are you holding up physically, mentally? I mean, you, you obviously just said you had a concussion. I mean, how's your body holding up? 
Oh, no, I'm good, dude. I'm good. I've had hundreds of concussions in my career, and I've said that for a while. As soon as I learned what a concussion really was from Chris Nowinski, anytime that you just, you know, feel a little loopy, bam, you get hit and your senses are a little off, you're, you know, the, the room spinning, uh, what, you know, any, anytime that, that, that you're altered in that way, uh, assume it's a concussion, you know, unless you're, unless you're told otherwise. And once I found that out, I started thinking about all the times Balls Mahoney whacked me with the chair, wham, <laughs> and that, you know, and it'd take a second and I'd be like, whoa, sometimes everything's in slow motion, uh, sometimes the sound is out just for a couple of seconds. Uh, that's, that, that happened hundreds and hundreds of times during my matches. And I just kept on going and ignored it. Now they want, they want to pull you aside and, uh, and make sure you're okay, because that's a pretty big, big thing, which I didn't know back then. Now I do know that. Um, but you know, that's, uh, that I feel fine though, to answer your question. I feel great, um, mentally and physically. Okay, well, it's, I mean, great, great yeah. as far as like, I'm always, you know, like, ah, oh, my back, you know, and well, I got my injuries, don't get me wrong, like that's uh, eating pain is part of my every day as a 48 year old um, that's wrestled for 30 years. But, uh, but I still, you know, compared to everybody else, I feel great. I still stretch, still doing the splits. I can still do everything I ever could do. I just don't want to as much. It's, you know, the reason I ask is obviously it's a very fertile time for the pro wrestling business. You've got WWE, but there's also now money in the room with AEW and, you know, Impact is doing well, Ring of Honor, New Japan. I mean, you say in the trailer, you can be anything you want to be, right? You can be anyone you want to be. In 2019, is there a certain promotion you see yourself wanting to attach yourself well uh, to or, or making noise with? There, there's not. You know, money talks. And I'm always interested in considering good business, but also over the last uh, several years, at least 10 years, um, my goal has been to, to work less, to have more time off um, and to make more money. And I've been pretty good at it. And I'm really uh, looking to do less and less and uh, travel less. And, uh, you know, I consider myself semi-retired. Um, at the same time, I stay ready so I don't have to get ready. So, uh you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I got to ask you, though, with, uh, you know, AEW did the ticket launch party last night. I mean, they're just making all kinds of noise. A lot of similarities being drawn right now to the era of the Monday Night War, ECW era. Do you see similarities between what they're doing with AEW and, you know, kind of the launch of ECW? I don't see it. Uh, I don't see it. I think ECW, you know, was a gradual thing that went from the East Coast wrestling promotion and the, the Tri-States um, I don't remember it ever just making a, a boom out of nowhere like uh, like this seems to be. And I, and I know people have been talking about the all-in for, I don't know, months. It doesn't seem like that long. But uh, but as far as the Monday Night War thing goes, come on, these guys don't even have a, a TV deal yet. I wish them all the luck in the world. I hope they do do really well. I had to pause so I didn't say do-do. Um, but, yeah, you know, over the years, I've seen many – companies uh want to come up and be a competing brand and then they just don't quite have you know eventually the guy that's funding it usually ends up deciding he doesn't want to keep losing money and he, and he pulls out and you've seen it over the years and you know hey this guy's got money for major league baseball and and we're all going to have health insurance and um this guy you know is going to get into wrestling you know it's, it's always mentioned and just traditionally throughout history it's always for you know uh, it's always for a short run if that uh, these guys have to prove history wrong. I hope that they do. I'm not trying to be negative, you know, but um, I, you know, they have to prove history wrong in order to prove that they are different and they're going to stick around because just because they got a lot of money, um, people that have a whole lot of money don't usually waste a lot of money. That's that's why they have money because they're not wasteful. And I'm not saying that it, that it, that I think it would be wasteful. I'm just saying if if things aren't set up right and they're paying guys the rumored uh, reports, then, you know, they got to make the money back. That's all. And I hope they do. Uh, you brought up uh, health insurance as part of that. You know, it is interesting with the cons owning AEW. Uh, Jeannie Buss owns Women of Wrestling, who I believe uh, your girlfriend Katie Forbes is a part of Women of Wrestling as well, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I've watched a couple episodes. Um, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's interesting. It's in the documentary, too, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, dude, if, if you listen to interviews that I did, like, um, I don't know, three years ago, 
uh, four years ago, that's exactly where I said the business was going to go. I said, I can tell all the, all the little uh, different wrestling promotions that have their cult followings are going to grow. People, um, as far as the fans, they support it. They feel like they're part of it, you know, when it's localized. And the, because the business is monopolized, I said, we're going to see all these indies grow. And it's going to be a place where the boys can have a lot more options to, you know, to, to, to work instead of just trying to go, you know, to WWE or, or possibly TNA. And that's exactly what's happening. And, and I'm not surprised. I saw it. I still see it. It's going to keep going that way for a while. Um, I just don't see WWE getting knocked out of its first place position. Um, but, you know, um, history is, is what it is. And uh, I'm all about breaking tradition. It'd be uh, pretty cool to see uh, anything exciting happen. Yeah. The, the only reason I bring up uh, Genie and the cons is, you know, Genie comes from the NBA, Tony and the cons, they come from the NFL. Those leagues have unions, right? Like they're used to working with unions and their athletes are, are parts of unions. Do you think that right now there is a potential for something like that to come together with the performers because of the climate that we're in? I I don't see it, honestly, um, Nick, it, because the same way I've always felt about it is like uh, when I think of unions, I think of a, a trade business, you know, something like, okay, construction, uh, truck drivers. These are things, uh, uh, these are careers where thousands and thousands of people have jobs, you can grow up in school and take trade courses to help you in that way, you know, to help us start your career. You can learn all about it. And then, um, you know, you can say, yeah, I want to be a truck driver. Okay. We'll take these classes and get this permit with wrestling. It's really not like that. And when people talk about uh, wrestling, having unions, I've always felt that they were pretty much talking about like the one big company, because I would say, do you think that like, um, you know, Joe Blow that runs, you know, all American wrestling, um, at the fairgrounds, like once a year, do you think he should be unionized? And, and the conversation users like, well, maybe not those guys. Cause for that matter, we're independent contractors. If you really want your insurance covered, then you just, you work it out and you have it part of your deal. You know what I mean? You have it put in your deal between you and your, and your boss. That's the way it is right now. I don't see that changing until unless wrestling, you know, it becomes as mainstream as baseball. You know, we play baseball and uh, football in school. We don't do pro wrestling. It's a very niche uh, part of entertainment that, you know, I, that I see being really special. And in a way, I think it works against it in the manner of trying to be unionized. Uh, you know, this is an interesting time like we're talking about uh, with so much going on. Guys are jumping ship. Uh, you've been a part of an era where that was commonplace. Uh, the first big name it seems to be walking away is Dean Ambrose is leaving WWE. I mean, what do you what do you make of his decision to do that right now in this landscape? Well, I can't speak for for Dean, but you know, I've always been one to just leave when I'm not happy, and that's a great mindset. Uh, when I left WWE in uh, 2007, uh, Chris Benoit said, you know. A lot of us boys respect you, man, because you know when it's time to go. A lot of us don't, and it's and, and it's kind of chilling to to think about that. Is if he was saying that that his mindset made him feel like he was shackled and couldn't get away, you know, like it's a sentencing, and it's not, dude. It's a job. Um, I think that's great for someone to walk away. I left WCW in '93, uh, and uh, Chris Benoit back then said, "I think you're stupid for leaving. You know how many people would want your job? You're on TV. Where are you going to go to the Indies?" And, uh, and, you know, maybe he was right uh, from the mindset of tradition, but it never, it definitely worked best for me, though. I went from being unhappy to, to being happy and making more money. So anybody that wants to do that now, I'm not surprised. Um, you know, it can't be as shocked as the rest of the world. There was times when I was miserable and was counting the days till the end of my contract uh, because I was tired of the um, monotony of being on the road the politics, whatever, you know, and I dreamed of having a Saturday off, you know, a weekend when I could actually go somewhere I was invited. And so now my life is a lot more about that and I'm happier still. Uh, Good for Dean. Last question here before we uh, wrap it up, talking a bit about Headstrong is you've had so many great rivalries, so many great matches. You're being very selective about where you work and when for you, are there any dream opponents that you have left? Is there any an up and comer maybe or a legend you haven't got to tango with? 
Um, you know, I get asked that question a lot, of course, but I really, I don't do uh, fantasy picks. You know, it's uh, it's more of a job for me. I, I have a lot of fun with, with certain guys, you know, especially when it's guys that are more my style than I do with uh, other guys because then it's a lot more of a compromise. But for me, it's all about trying to have um, good matches consistently with a wide range of opponents coming up. Well, I guess they haven't announced that yet, so I better not announce it. But let's just say at WrestleCon, uh, I have a match coming up, and I'm looking forward to it. All right. That's a great tease. Uh, a place and a time. That's all I needed. I don't need the, the who. That's great. <laughs> um, Rob, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, again, February 19th. Headstrong is going to release. Uh, where can people find this? And uh, what what are your final? What's your final pitch here for everybody to go check out this documentary? Yeah, so Headstrong is available right now for pre-order on iTunes, and then it'll drop on iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and Vudu on February nineteenth. Uh, the the digital platforms. Uh, eventually, then then we'll look at other things. People always want to wait until it's on Netflix because they. Uh, they already uh, subscribed to Netflix, uh, but I would much rather have them buy it on iTunes. So that's all I'm focusing on right now. And it's available right now. Um, when you go there, you can boom, you can click and pre-order it. It's something that I worked hard on for like two years. So I'm so glad that it's done. And uh, each time like uh, I went over it with the director, uh, it got better and better and better. And we just, we kept tweaking it, you know, way past uh, the point of where most people would have quit just because I wanted it to be at its best. And I totally expect people to love this movie, especially if they love RVD, because, uh, you know, this is, this is me, not the scripted, um, RVD that, that you might see on TV, but this is super personal, and I go way past the point where most people would be feel comfortable about uh, letting people in. Do I still have you? Or did I just, no, I'm here. Up? I'm here. You got us. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry, people are trying to call me and confusing me. Um, so anyway, yeah, it, it starts out to be uh, me on a comedy tour. And then uh, become, I guess we already talked about that, didn't we? A little bit, but that's fine. I mean, I was just rolling with it. You know, I was just rolling with RVD right now, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we thought we were just going to do a little bit of a, a comedy tour, and then it ends up being so much, because so much happens to it. And everyone that has seen it has given me uh, the best compliments on it. They say it's really inspiring, uh, just like RVD, because uh, you get to see how cool I am, even when a lot of people would uh, probably probably be hanging themselves um and one of the things that's really cool is we go to the big event in new york city um you might have been there i don't know there's a lot of wrestlers uh it's a, it's a wrestling convention it's a it's on a couple times a year but uh we went uh while we were filming and uh i got uh you know bobby heenan's on it it was passed away so i'm really glad that i have him uh, a lot of wrestlers, uh, you know, King Kong Bundy, uh, the NWO guys, John Hennigan, a lot of wrestlers. I went around and said hi to everyone. Spike Dudley, who I hadn't seen. Pat Tanaka, who I hadn't seen since probably like 92 or 93. Damn. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Um, but also uh, Bruno San Martino, and it was his very last public appearance. Whoa. It's exceptional. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool for me because. Uh, I, I, you know, I'm trying not to bother him. He's got a big line, and I'm just trying to get a picture and say hi, shake his hand, and then I'm trying to let him, you know, go to work. But he, he pulls me in, and he says, he says, Rob Van Dam. He says, I got to tell you, I've seen you in the ring many times. You're pretty damn great, and it's so awesome to have that. I might have even missed it in person, but I love seeing that on the documentary. I'm very proud of it. Wow, that's so cool because you guys are, I mean, you guys are very different styles. That's got to mean a lot for him to appreciate what you do, I'm sure. Yeah, he. I have all the respect in the world for Bruno. You know, once I learned about his whole story, you know, when he got inducted, and they were, he was talking about being in the mountains, and his mom, um, you know, climb, taking a couple days to try to go into town to sneak potatoes for the family, and and him surviving all that, and the boat ride over. Holy cow! Like all the respect in the world to to see his accomplishments, and then to have that background uh, to go with it. Yeah, absolutely. And he will be in headstrong. Hey, Rob. Thank you very much for stopping by. You're always welcome over anytime you want to plug, promote, or put something over. Cool. Thanks, dude. Tell uh, half a million people go to iTunes and pre-order now. Thank you very much to RVD. Uh, thank you very much, Michael, for joining me here to start sure. the Winkly off. Uh, the wink of the Winkly off. Thank you. We, we get we get the week started right here. I like doing this on Tuesdays because there's so much to talk about and catch up on that I feel like I just sit and fester on all weekend long and... 
this is my my mouthpiece for all of that. <laughs> I'm debating whether or not to take the show to five days a week, just so that the first show of the week isn't just like it takes me an hour to put the run sheet together. <laughs> yeah, the run sheet's the hardest part about these Tuesday shows, right? It's a lot. Yeah, it's, we it's can a, do it. It's a beast. I don't know. Uh, if you want that, here's a great way to show me that you want more Winkly. Like, if you would be interested in us presenting more of this news styled content for you. Go over, subscribe to Wrestling Inc. Audio, listen to the show, tell a friend, tell them to listen to the show. The higher the numbers go, the more likely that uh, likelihood becomes um, that we will do more content for you. Uh, Also, um, please uh, go over and leave us a review on iTunes as well. Nice things there that helps us propel us up the charts. I'll be back here tomorrow with Justin Labar. I've got an interview with Davey Boy Smith Jr. I'm really excited to catch up with Harry. And again, another big interview that I promise you guys will be dropping here on thursday if you're in houston go to the two-faced pre-wwe elimination chamber meetup st arnold's brewery starts at 2 30 games prizes so much more check them out love those guys and also tonight michael and i will be back in the saddle this time though you'll get to see our faces you can look into our eyes and you can that's not a get to you have to see our faces i apologize you have to you have to look into our eyes uh, you don't have to you can watch us on the uh, wrestling inc youtube channel here tonight immediately following smackdown or listen to the audio version of the show uh later tonight or tomorrow on itunes the smackdown rundown with me in in you tonight michael that's that's different i'm excited tuesday nights is uh becoming again two for tuesday for the wiseman here so two for tuesday uh where do you want to send people to find you follow you and all those great things michael <clears throat> always say go follow me on twitter if you want to keep up with all the work that i'm doing especially for wrestling inc that is at the real wiseman appreciate the tweets and the follows and everything else you can send me a bunch of memes if you want to i'll i'll like those as well um i'm on instagram that is at wiseman ma and um yeah that's pretty much it wrestling inc baby that's where i do it thank you guys so much thank you michael i am nick hausman at wink rebel over on twitter and remember if you winked you didn't miss it When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.